For Lent, I'm giving up religion. It's a strange title for this episode because it's kind of an oxymoron, right? Because Lent can be seen as something religious, but Lent can be a practice of giving something up in order to pursue something spiritual. But I also think the word religion in itself at times can be also an oxymoron. Because at best, it should be a tool that leads us towards the divine, but many times it actually leads us away. As a kid, I grew up in a very conservative denomination. The central message was how to avoid hell. I learned the Christian ABCs, right? A, admit that you are a sinner. B, believe that Jesus is God's son. And C, commit your life to God. And at seven years old, I decided to accept Jesus in my heart and be baptized because I was so scared that at any moment I could die and go to hell. But before I could be accepted into heaven, I had to go through this interview. And in the interview, I was asked a question that I didn't know. And so I started to cry. And they asked me, why, why, are you, why are you crying? And I said, I don't know the answer. Does that mean I'm going to hell? I was seven years old. And it's been 20 years since that moment. But I can, I can remember it as if it was yesterday because I was engulfed with so much fear that God hated me and was going to send me to hell because I did not know the right answer at seven years old. And I think for many years after that, my religion was about the correct answers. I fearfully had to be certain about God. I made sure I was part of the right denomination, the right theology, Calvinist or Armenian, speaking tongues or not speaking in tongues. I had to make sure that I believed in the right things and I had to know exactly who God is and what he wanted. Otherwise, I was doomed for hell. In attempting to be certain about God, we create religions and doctrines and theologies and denominations. We are correct and those who disagree are wrong. It becomes a competition about who is right and who is wrong and keeping those who are right in our circle and those who are wrong outside. It becomes a battle of who is more certain about God than the actual pursuit of God. It becomes about knowing the right answers instead of moving towards this divine flow. In this pursuit of certainty of knowing who Christ is and what he's up to, we ignore Christ who has been walking alongside of us the entire time. And by the way, if your faith is based on certainty, then reading the Gospels will be a challenge because they don't even agree about the exact details, not to mention the fact that Bible scholars can't even agree who even wrote the Gospels and when. We want to be certain about who God is, even though in the very beginning when Moses asked God who he was, God replied, I am. In a way, God was saying, I will be who I am, something of which you're unable to define or be certain of. We want to understand everything God did in the past and make sense of what he's doing in the present. And we pretend like we know the answers for the future when it is written that our God does all that he pleases, whether it makes sense or not. I think instead of ignoring the unknown parts or pretending like we understand the divine, we should welcome this mystery. Go into the secret places. Admit that we are not certain about the divine. In fact, I think it is a huge part of our faith being uncertain. Before I explain, are you a bit like angry at me? Uh, are you a bit confused? Are, are you ready to like slam, slam me with a comment or question if I'm even saved? 
before stoning me to death, just hang on a bit. Here's a question. Why must we be so certain about God anyway? I think we need to be certain about this God because it gives us a sense of safety. Because let's be honest, we don't like the unknown. We don't like mystery. We want to know the right answers and we want to be correct. We are so sure about God that we rage war on anyone who disagrees. We cause confusion, division in the church, separation, us versus them. And at best, certainty leads us to a lukewarm Christianity. Welcoming the uncertainty, or in other words, remaining curious in the divine, causes wonder and awe. In Psalm, it says, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. In Charles Spurgeon's sermon of this passage, he said, What do you and I know of infinity, omnipresence, and self-existence? We are far beyond our depth when we come to the ocean of divine purposes. We may gaze into the mystery with awe, but to profess to comprehend it is vanity in itself. I love that Spurgeon wrote this. A pretty heavy Calvinist who had really strong views about God admitted that all we can do is gaze into the mystery with awe and that it is vanity if we profess to comprehend it. Let's talk about the definition of awe and wonder. The definition of awe is a feeling of reverential respect with fear or wonder. The definition of wonder is a feeling of amazement and admiration caused by something beautiful, remarkable, or unfamiliar. I think the best definition of awe and wonder are children, right? Because everything excites them. Their minds are blown by the most mundane things. They are always full of wonder. Everything is amazing and beautiful to them. The occupation of a child is to seek wonder and to be in a constant state of awe. But as they grow up, that occupation changes to seek success, money, security, comfort, pleasures, and certainty. In his book titled Orthodoxy, G.K. Chesterton wrote, It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy, for we have sinned and grown old, and our father is younger than we. The repetition in nature may not be a mere reoccurrence. It may be a theatrical encore. Chesterton explains how children are amazed with things that adults find mundane. Children see something fascinating and say, do it again, do it again, and they are amazed. And how God is somewhat the same. He is ecstatic to produce the same things like the sunrise and the sunsets and the flowers and the rain, etc., etc. But for grown-ups, we miss the awe and wonder of the divine all around us because we are focused on what we think we want or we think that we have understood it and are past it. We have lost the magic and wonder of it all. Awe and wonder comes from the element of surprise or of the unknown. As adults, we don't like the unknown, do we? We are no longer transfixed on awe and wonder that is all around us like we did when we were once children. We are instead transfixed on creating our own kingdom that we are able to build and control. We want to be absolutely certain about our lives, our future, our career, our medical insurance, our pension. We make a 10-year goal and we stick to it because it gives us ease to know where we are heading. It makes us feel safe to know that we are in control and we treat God no differently. When it comes to our soul and our faith, our God or what's going to happen after death, we do not want uncertainty or what is unfamiliar or mystery. 
we damn right better be certain about what we believe in because our souls depend on it. Or do they? Religion should lead us towards the divine. Instead, sometimes religion cages the divine so that we can view it at a safe distance and feed it breadcrumbs once in a while. Why? Because we want a God that we can understand and comprehend. Why? Because we are scared of uncertainty. We rather be right than uncertain. The fear of God is then about taming this beast in the cage so that I can feel safe instead of walking with this divine mystery in the wilderness, which is anything but safe and everything full of wonder and awe. You remember in Narnia, there's this quote about Aslan. Safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. That was written by C.S. Lewis, who also wrote, quote, Suppose you were told that there was a tiger in the next room. You would know that you were in danger and would probably feel fear. But if you were told there was a ghost in the next room and believe it, you would feel indeed what is often called fear, but of a different kind. It would not be based on the knowledge of danger, for no one is primarily afraid of what a ghost may do to him. But to the mere fact that it is a ghost, it is uncanny rather than dangerous. And the special kind of fear that it excites, which may be called dread. Now suppose that you were told simply there is a mighty spirit in the room and believe it. Your feelings would then be even less than the mere fear of danger, but the disturbance would be profound. You would feel wonder and a certain shrinking. This feeling may be described as awe. End quote. A German theologian, Rudolf Otto, believes that there are two opposite things that happen at the same time when someone has an experience with God, which is the scary mystery and the alluring mystery. The mystery that causes you to shudder, but at the same time causes you to draw near. He believes that most people get stuck on the scary mystery, the one that causes you to shudder while ignoring the alluring mystery, which is the urge to draw near. Again, we want to be certain about God because that gives us a sense of security. But God is anything but safe. This divine mystery is anything but certain or even comprehensible. The fear of God is much more than living scared of the divine, but also should lead you towards the divine with curiosity and excitement while experiencing wonder and awe. This week we celebrate Lent which can be seen as giving up something in order to focus on something spiritual. I'm giving up my religion that keeps God in a cage. I'm admitting that I cannot comprehend this divine. I'm letting go of the ropes of certainty that trick me into believing that I am safe. I am letting go to seek the mystery, the unknown, to seek the one that doesn't want to be defined. The Greek word for God is theos, which means the flow of God. Maybe, just maybe, it's time to stop pretending that we are able to capture the flow of God and instead step into it. A theologian of the 13th century said, God is not found in the soul by adding anything to it, but by subtracting. Let go of this illusion of safety that is found in religion and allow religion to lead you and instead draw near to this mysterious flow of the divine of awe and wonder.